Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 62. I'm your pal Val. With me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be back this week. Great to have you, as always. And then the man, the myth, the legend, King NASCAR Logan. Hey, everybody. Hope everybody's doing good. Staying safe. This is NASCAR Radio, where trading cards and racing meet. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about Camping World Truck Series, Xfinity, and Cup Series winners, and the highest finishing rookies and the rookie cards. We're going to talk a little bit of F1, a little IndyCar. I think the meat and potatoes is going to be the 1991 Max set, kind of a review for that, as well as we have an ending bid for the 2019 Dale Earnhardt Jr. Prime card we were talking about last week. The new NASCAR schedule is out, so we'll dip a little toe into that, maybe do some foreshadowing for the future. And I think that might be enough for tonight. We have um, Bristol Baby this uh, this week, so but let's review last week, shall we? So the Camping World Truck Series, they were off. Sheldon Creed is still the man to beat. They're heading to Bristol Motor Speedway on Thursday. So if you are a subscriber, you'll get this the same night as the race. Otherwise, everybody will have to wait till Friday. So we want to have the so we have some early racing there Thursday night, September sixteenth at nine p.m. Stages are fifty-five. 110, 200 laps for 106 miles. I think that's going to be a short race. Unless there's yeah. a lot of uh, beating and banging, which... But it is the trucks, so there'll, there'll be a lot of cautions. This is true. Uh, no practical qualifying. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, basically, this is going to be the last race of the round of 10. So little down to 8. And Zane Smith and Chandler Smith two Smiths are on the outside looking in. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got Chandler Smith, I think winning a, a race. So he needs to get going on that. And, and it's, it's, it's his last chance at Bristol. I guess we'll see what happens. Of course, Bristol, anything can happen, right? Yes. Anything can happen and you can rattle somebody's cage. <laughs> so especially with that cutoff race, it's going to be very fun to watch. So yeah. And, and talking about Sheldon Creed, this week they they announced that Sheldon Creed is going to run Xfinity full time next year with Richard Childress. So congratulations to him for that getting that ride. That's a good ride. Yeah, that's going to be good for him. I want to look at some of those uh, rookie cards like we talked about. I believe it was week last week, twenty twenty one Chronicles. I think he's chock full of Creeds. Mm-hmm. So let's move on over to the Xfinity series. Unless you have anything else. No. Okay. So let's move over to the Xfinity series. That was the 41st annual Goal Bowling 250. And that was Saturday, September 11th at Richmond Raceway, Richmond, Virginia. Noah Graskin won again. Repeat. And our highest finishing rookie was, anybody want to guess? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Ty Gibbs. Ty freaking Gibbs. <laughs> that 54, man. Car 54, where are you? That's an old-time reference. Anyway, uh, we talked about Noah Greskin just the other week. 2017 rookies, absolute. And then we've talked about Ty Gibbs quite a bit. 2020 Chronicles. They come out and, with a nicknames card, and it says Ty freaking Gibbs. That means that they're listening to this show. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I was gonna say Mr. Incredible, but when you look at him though, he looks like he, you know, he's like sixteen or seventeen, or you know, looks like he's uh, like a little guy or whatever. So I, I don't know what a nickname is. We have to think of a good nickname for him. I like Ty freaking Gibbs. I mean, I, I'm on board with that one too. <laughs> All right, yeah. So Ty freaking Gibbs, because you know you have Kyle Kyle uh, F word Bush yeah. right now, and he got he likes that. He actually. Embraces that. Well, we talked about it before. He's one of those guys, you know, different personalities, right? He feeds off of that. Tell him he can't do something and watch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then spinning back, the next race, Bristol, baby. The Food City 300 at Bristol Motor Speedway. That's Friday, September 17th at 7.30. Another night race. Stages 85, 85, 130 laps, 450 miles. Yep, that's going to be another barn burner. I mean, I love I love all the Bristol Night races. Those are some of the best races of the year, I think, by far. So, one other thing we need to talk about is the playoff start race twenty seven after the Bristol race. So, this is basically going to lock everybody in, and then their playoff start. So, Noah and that team they're red hot right now. So, we'll see how you know they, they do in uh, um, Bristol, and if they can carry the momentum over to the playoffs. So uh, one interesting note for the Xfinity race was John Hunter Nemechek uh, coming in third. Uh, he was running one of these, you know, out of his norm, non-points for him uh, from the truck series. So, Yeah, so he, was in, he was in a Toyota. Thought he did had a pretty good finish there at third. Yeah, he's if he if they could find him a quality cup ride, I think he could do very well. Yeah, that was always my concern when he was in cup. He was in the you know, competing against Cole Custer, Christopher Bell is one more. The big three. Tyler Reddick. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. So soon I forget. And then John Hunter Newbichek, who was in the lower of the group. So I th- I agree with you. So we'll see. But John Hunter Newbichek is definitely, definitely a racer. Moving on to Cup. That was the 64th annual Federated Auto Parts 400 salute to a first responder's Saturday, September 11th at Richmond Raceway. I thought that was Denny, Denny Hamlin's show right there, but Martin Truex Jr. pulled it off. Yeah, he came back from a lap one penalty and ended up winning. And Joe Gibbs, first, second, and third. Yeah, it it could it should have really been all the first four would have been all Gibbs cars, but dang it, Kyle Busch had a speeding penalty late and he just couldn't, he couldn't recover from it. I mean, there just wasn't enough time. And he was at the time he got that penalty, he was leading. Oh, I thought for sure he was going to win. I had him. I had, I think I had him. No, I've, I've got him picked to win this next week. Well, with all that going on, he, he finished ninth. Yeah. And Denny Hamlin led 197 laps compared to Martin Truex's 80. But you just got to lead the last one. Yep, one that counts. We haven't talked about Martin Truex's cards in a while. 2004. Yep. And he's in a plethora of different series back in the Press Pass days. So there's Press Pass signings, and they were kind of, I think, sprinkled in the different Press Pass releases. But we have Optima with a base card and parallels. Stealth with a base card and parallels. Trackside. Base 
It looks like, uh, let's see, card number 99. So it must be LD. I can remember what that is. But the 39 would have been his rookie card there. And then there's different parallels to those. High Gear just has autographs. And then there's that Dale Earnhardt Jr. set. Uh, he's got five cards in it. So I think that was a special set. I think it comes in a little tin box or something like that for the Dale yeah. Earnhardt Jr. So that is 2004. Another another one where his rookie cards are not very expensive and definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. And if he can get another championship here in the next few years, he'll be a first-rounder, I'm sure. Yeah, he's already locked for the Hall of Fame. I, I think we talked about it before. I mean, I, I think the criteria for getting into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, at least one of them, is winning a championship. And if you win a championship, you're going in, no doubt. Yeah, we've been watching, me and Logan, the last 10 years, the selection process for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And, and I totally agree. If you win a championship, you're pretty much locked. If you're one of the 50 greatest drivers that were chosen in 1998, you're pretty much a lock as well. Yeah, I agree totally. And then our highest finishing rookie was Chase Briscoe, who I think is definitely a lock for rookie of the year against Anthony Alfredo. And we've talked about him numerous times. 2018, his rookie cards are in 2018. Yeah, he's in certified. So, Val, I know we've talked about Truex before. I think that was one of the earlier shows. Um, cause I know that was a rookie card that I picked up as we were talking about it and he has a couple and we've talked about their sponsors because his track side is very prominently Bass Pro Shops and then his Optima is very prominently Oreo and like wondering between the two if, if it really mattered and I know we talked about it, but Logan, you weren't on the show at that point in time, what's your opinion? Like do sponsors matter for the cards? I don't think they matter a whole lot except for just the appeal of the, the eye appeal of the card, because I like that Oreo card better than the Bass Pro Shop card. I, I think, think the one I picked up was the Bass Pro Shop one, but I just like the way that Oreo one looks. Yeah. That's, that's, that's if I have to pick a favorite Martin Truex rookie card, that would be the one I would pick to, to do. But, I mean, I, I think I've got them all. So, but, yeah, that's my favorite one. I'm but, sure it doesn't happen often, but, you know, and everybody's different. Everybody's going to have a different opinion on what to do. But I think it's interesting when they're so prominently displayed like they are for him that you kind of have an option of, you know, if you're going to do one, I think you even passively lean one way or the other just because of, an association to a race that you went to or, you know, something like that, that I think, I think you pick it without even realizing sometimes. Now you yeah. bring up a good point. Yeah. And, and Bass Pro has been a, a major sponsor of his through the years, even back when he was with the 78 car, you know, he was still, you know, he was with Bass Pro and it, that still c carries over to the 19 car as well. So they they have followed him. Yeah, and I think then back in my mind, I'm thinking that's why I picked uh, this. I think it was the stealth one, the track side, where as opposed to the Optima, I don't associate him with the Oreo, and it's just my timing of when I've paid attention. I associate him with the Bass Pro more than anything. 
yeah, you can't go wrong with, with either one of them. But um, I, for some reason, that Oreo card it just jumps out for me. I don't know why, but it's just it's kind of weird, but it does. It's funny you mention that because I think I had told Jason the same thing uh, that you did, that I like the Oreo because of the white borders, and I think it would be awesome signed. But I can definitely understand the logic, though, because Bass Pro Shops has been a sponsor of his that whole time. And then we've talked about before that that track side actually has a variation on it. So I think the rare one is the white without the lanyard. And the one with the lanyard, uh, and the lanyard is the gentleman that's behind him to the right, has a yellow lanyard around his shirt that's a, that they airbrushed out. So Press Pass was really cool back in 2004. They did a lot of variations to the base Press Pass and then the track side. Like I think we talked about before, like with Kyle Busch, there's, they changed the backgrounds and stuff. And then I think there's two cards that show the teams and they either airbrush, airbrushed an official out or vice versa or whatever. So there's a little bit of chase. And I think it was a Matt Kenseth where they changed the card number. So it's card same card number as Dale Hunter Jr. So they're not very expensive and fun to chase. Press Pass was, I think, was on the game there with, with some of that back in 2004. So the Martyrus can be found with those two different variations. So, so do you think they, they actually – airbrushed it out or do you think it was photoshopped it's hard to say back then i mean we're in that <laughs> so see back to 2004 yeah <laughs> you getting all technical on me photoshopped out how about that you like that yeah i mean well i mean i'm like you man because i think about the old tops baseball cards when they used to, to airbrush out things and and airbrush in different logos and put pinstripes on things and do all kinds of crazy stuff and you know that you know that was way old school back then. Yeah, I'm old. Yeah, I'm with you. Because I still I, I still say uh, taping something on uh, you know when I'm taping I'm saying it right now taping taping a program off the TV you know it's, you're not you don't tape anything anymore you're digitally recording the dang thing. Well, I guess <laughs> you're old like us and it's taping it, and then you have another generation they TiVo it. Yeah. Because that was that was the name brand, and then now it's you know DVR or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. I just gonna show you how old we are. <laughs> so um, moving on, talking about Bass Pro Shops, the Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race, Bristol Motor Speedway, Saturday, September 18th. So we have a race Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. So the stages are 125, 250, 500 laps for 266.5 miles. You know what that means for me? That means either my power is going to go out, we're going to have a bad storm or something on Saturday night, because I'm not kidding you. It seems like every year during the Bristol night race, something happens and it makes it either I miss part of it or I miss all of it or something weird happens. So let's let's hope for something not to happen this year. Well, I know that storm's in the Gulf, so let's, let's hope it doesn't come to you. All right. It took a it took a right turn, so I think I'm good. It, it went went south of us. Uh, playoff standings after Richmond. So far, we have two races of the three, so this is going to be a cutoff race. Right now, Kurt Busch, Tyler Reddick, William Byron, and Michael McDowell are on the outside looking in. I want to say we chose most of them in our playoff review the other week. So 
Uh, basically, Alex Bowman, Eric Almarola, Kyle Busch are very close, under 10 points from the edge. So they need good races or to win. But if Kurt Busch, Tyler Reddick, William Byron, or Michael McDowell win, somebody, somebody else is getting forced out. So very exciting. Bristol, night race, cutoff race. Yeah, um, Bristol, um, There's, I've got some statistics for you on Bristol. Um, Kyle Busch is the current wins leader among all active drivers. He's got eight wins there. He has by far the, well, I won't say by far the most, but coming in second with the most wins is his brother, Kurt. So the Bush brothers have it figured out. So, you know, Kurt could win. That could, that could shake up things. Uh, but I'm, I, I've got Kyle on my list to win that race on Saturday night. That's pretty impressive. The both Bush brothers there with that, with that many wins. But I mean, I like to see Kyle make sure he gets in and win that. But, you know, Kurt, that wouldn't be bad for him. He has to win. So it's going to be interesting, you know, we'll see with the back against the wall, how they do, but it's going to be exciting. Do you know who won the first race there in 1961? I want to say Fred Lorenzen. No, it was. Oh, Jack, that's Martinville. I'm sorry. Jack, Jack Smith won the very first race in 1961. Jack Smith. Yep. He's in the 1989 winner's circle. Yes, he is. And yes, I, it, it was a race of attrition too, because they had 42 cars start and only 19 finished. They had a lot of cars crashing or breaking. That's a lot of cars. Yeah. Especially in that little bowl. Yeah, buddy. Well, you know what? That might transition to, well, I don't know if you want to talk about the NASCAR schedule now or not. Well, I, I do want to say say one kind of personal thing about uh, Bristol. We went there in 1989. We went to the night race, and that was long before they you know, made it into this, the, the Coliseum that they've got now. In fact, we actually sat on con- concrete blocks. I mean, it was just concrete seats. I mean, that's what it was. But this is in August of 1989. My wife, that whole trip was didn't feel good, felt kind of nauseous and things. We, She went to the doctor when we got back, and she was pregnant with Tyler. So Tyler was at that race. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't know it at the time, but Daryl Walter for that race, that was her favorite driver. So it was, it was a fun night. We enjoyed the heck out of it. And so literally nine months later, Tyler was born. (laughs) I imagine that obviously hold, do you collect memorabilia about that race more specifically than others? Um, no, not really. I probably should, and and thanks for putting that into my ear because now I'm <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> you don't have enough already. Yeah, we do have a. I do have a paint chip off of his car, off of Daryl Walsh's car somewhere from that race, because uh, we were bad. able to go down and and uh, right where, where the car was, and there was a paint a paint chip on the ground, and we got it. In fact, Stacy picked it up. And I don't know, I don't know where that's at. I gotta find that. That's around here somewhere. But it'll be up anyway. all night now. <laughs> yeah, I, I had forgot about that till just now. And it was one of the fluorescent color paint chips. It was cool. 
Well, we can um, run through the rest, IndyCar and F1, and then we'll, we'll swing back to the NASCAR schedule real quick. Okay. There's not too much for the IndyCar, but I do want to mention IndyCar for the IndyCar fans. Not a lot of trading cards, but at least keep up with the season. So that was race 14 of 16. That was the 2021 Grand Prix of Portland, Portland International Raceway, Sunday, September 12th. There's 110 laps, and Alex Pello won. He is leading the points right now. He does not have any trading cards. Uh, the next race is September 19th, Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Location, Monterey, California. And then point-wise, like I said, Alex Paleo has got 477 points. Pato Award, 452. And then Joseph Newgarden at 443. So it's tight points race there. So. And then swing it over to F1. So that was the 2021 Heiken Grand Prix of Italy. That was in Monza, Italy. Sunday, September 12, 2021. Daniel Ricciardo won that one. And like I said, this is one that I was watching. Uh, scared a lot of people. Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen were battling it out. And it was quite interesting where Lewis Hamilton was coming out of the pits and Max Van Stoppen was coming in to the first turn, and neither one was giving him any room. And Max kind of got forced off or went wide, hit one of the sausages, I think they call it, flipped the back end of the car over, and they both went into the sand. Now, it happened so fast, I didn't catch it the first time, but when they went through the replay, you could see that one of the rear tires basically went right over Lewis Hamilton, but if it wasn't for that halo, which they said has only been a new addition, I guess, in the last 10 years. So if that was years ago, uh, it would have been a much different story. But both gentlemen were able to walk away, and they kind of walked away at different times. I think they were so PO'd. But Daniel Ricciardo won that race. He has about 156 cards in the 2020 Tops Flavors. But I think probably the one everybody's chasing is the 2020 Tops F1 Chrome card number nine. Yeah, and you had Landau, Calrissi, and Norris come in second. Yes. And that, that was a sweep for the McLaren team. From what I understand, uh, they haven't won in quite some time. And then both of you know, McLaren finished one, two, because there's only you know, two cars per team. So their, their team finished, you know, one, two on the podium and for the point standing so far, I don't think it really changed. Max is still winning by five points over Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. So I think they've got what, eight, is there like eight races to go? I think that's what I understand still. Yeah. It's that was race 14 of 23. So yeah, quite a few races left for them. Yeah. It's going to go down to the wire. I think it's yeah. pretty much between Verstappen and, and Hamilton. Yeah, I think it's going to be very tight this year. Like we said, I think it was two weeks ago or whatever. It was like minus three, minus five, and they're flip-flopping. And the rest of the folks, you know, they just can't keep up. So so let's switch over to the NASCAR schedule. The 2022 schedule was released. Took a quick glance at it. Uh, saw that the championship race is going to be at Phoenix again. But Logan, what what kind of jumped at you? Anything? 
Well, the one thing I saw was uh, there's going to be races now at Worldwide Worldwide Technology Speedway, which is just across the river from St. Louis in, in Illinois. So they they got that race and they got rid of Kentucky. Um, they're going to still have the Nashville race, which I'm very excited about. I will be redoing my seats uh, as soon as that comes up. They said I got a mail for, email from them today. They said they're going to start taking orders in October. So I'll be doing that. Bristol Dirt is going to be on April 17th. So I'm glad to see that back. I hope it doesn't rain. Um, <laughs> but probably the biggest thing is not even a, a points paying race. It's going to be the clash at the LA Coliseum. And that's going to be on February 6th of 2022. They're going to build a specialty track just for that and then from what i heard on nascar radio they're going to tear it down after the race so they're going to build this track at the coliseum race there tear it and then tear it back down i think it's going to be really cool because if you go back in nascar history they had a a cup race in 1956 in soldier field and that was a half mile track and that was won by fireball roberts which he's one of my all-time heroes. I, I love Fireball. So th this won't be the first time they've done something like that. And there's also uh, cup races back in at Bowman Gray. I think they started in, gosh, I think it was 19. I'm trying to remember because I don't have this down. I think it's 1958 to 1971. They had um, they had races at, at cup races at Bowman Gray. Of course, they still race there now. They just don't race cup at Bowman Gray Stadium. And that's a quarter mile track. That's a really small track. But one interesting thing about Bowman Gray, the last cup race they had there was a race that had different divisions in it, but it was a cup race. It had, you know, had a cup race and it had like some Grand Am cars or I, I can't remember what series it was. But anyway, Bobby Allison was in that race and he was driving a Mustang. And he won. NASCAR records show that he has 84 wins, but he's supposed to have 85. This is the race that is in question for you know his total race count, you know race win count. So NASCAR never never gave him this race to put towards his cup, his cup total, even though there was cup drivers in it. So that like I said, that's that's the one that everybody you know kind of gets gets you know upset about yeah I've heard, yeah i was gonna say i've heard him talk about that numerous times when somebody brings up his uh total he 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 corrects them yeah yeah that's the notorious race right there that last cup race at, at bowman bowman gray stadium so again nascar is shaking it up trying to make it exciting for the fans for the drivers you know bring in new fans too so yeah because they're gonna have that thing in right in la that clash. So that's going to be cool. Uh, the only thing that, that, you know, and I guess I shouldn't worry about it, but that's going to be hard logistically, I think for the teams, because this is also going to be the unveiling of, of the, the next gen car. So this will be the first time we'll see them on the track. This will be the first time we'll see them with the numbers changed, move, you know, towards the front of the car, all of that. So it's really going to be, it'll be the first time we see, you know, the, the single lug nut. I mean, all these things that, we've heard about this will be the first time we'll actually see it 
so when you were talking about that, I was thinking about the other thing where it's like, all right, they're on one side of the country and then they got to come on back. To... Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's the, yeah, they got to go out, come back to Daytona. And then I think they go back out again to, is it Las Vegas or I think, oh, I think California is back on the schedule too. So they're they either like go out, come back go out again. So I wonder if they'll just send out different haulers. I know probably not, has nothing to do with cards or whatever, but they'll strategically send haulers either halfway out. They need parts or whatever. So, but uh, again, going back to the schedule, some exciting additions, removing some tracks. So NASCAR is shaking it up. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm always excited for some racing. <laughs> so and before that, though, late January is the NASCAR Hall of Fame induction ceremony for Dale Hart Jr., Red Farmer, and Mike Stefanik late January. So that usually starts the season. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I guess that kind of means that we're going to lose a year of inductees because of COVID. Since, you know, those guys were supposed to be inducted last year and they weren't because of COVID. So they're doing it this year. So effectively, we're losing a year, which... I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, they've knocked it down from five inductees to three inductees because uh, I think they figured out that they were they were eating up so many people so quick and in, you know putting them in the Hall of Fame so quickly that they were gonna they could possibly you know run out. So they knocked it down to three. So I don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't don't think so. They definitely wanted the inductees to experience that uh, ceremony without the limitations that would have been in place if they had had it during COVID. So, yeah, that would have not been fair. That would have been right. Very. Yeah. Uh, For those of you who have been following this card on eBay, this, the card that Dale Hart Jr. and his daughter Isla signed together uh, was finally pulled and, there had been a blog about it, about you know how she had grabbed one of the cards while Dale Earnhardt Jr. was signing, doing his signings, and she grabbed a, a pen and started you know marking on it on the front and back. Well, Dale Earnhardt Jr. wrote on it that you know, Isla also signed it. Like I said, it was, it was a blog, so it's kind of a semi-famous card, but it finally got pulled and put on eBay, and it actually ended tonight. Tonight is well, we're doing our recording tonight, and it, tonight's when it ended. That made no sense. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. But anyway, uh, I think Val had predicted that that card would be about twelve hundred, and I said fifteen hundred. Well, we were both wrong. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was I was way <laughs> off. Yeah, we were way off, man. This card went for two thousand one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Forty-nine bids. Yeah, forty-nine bids. I looked at the bid list and I saw that there were five bids from somebody with zero feedback. So I, I didn't think that was real cool, but the last but few think, bids the last few bids were legitimate. So I think, I think the guy that won it had like a eight thousand something feedback. So kudos to him. But yeah, that thing went for two thousand one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Compare that to what those cards usually go for, which is about say 60 70 bucks more or less somewhere in there uh that is a heck of a price but that you know that that card has a pedigree now and um so 
it's you know it's a it's a one of one it's a one of a kind card it's not just like you know dale jr just signed it but it's got his daughter on there so it, it's a really neat card and i was i was i was amazed that that card went for that much i thought it'd be like i said i thought it'd be in the 1500 range but that's that's very impressive for a card like that so here let me uh, let's see. Uh, same numbering, right to twenty-five. I'll blow your mind here. So there's one on eBay right now for seventy-nine ninety-nine. Is that a buy it now? Buy it now with the twenty nineteen Prime eight of twenty-five, and they're pitching as the old door number. Well, even that, yeah. See, that one's still nobody's bought. You know, nobody clicked on that. But then this card. You know, same car except Isla signed it. Went for twenty one twenty five. She's a tough signer. She is a tough signer, man. She's hard to get at the track. <laughs> she she is, but that that yeah, that just is awesome. That has got the social media kind of you know, like I said, it was on the blog. There's some uh, video of it as well, so it's got a great story. And uh, we don't know, maybe Dale and her Jr. bought it. You know, so I was thinking about that. Yeah, that's well, that was one of my first thoughts with the zero feedback. But I was going to ask, what's the video? Because I have not seen that. I've seen the card and the auction, but have not seen the video. Because I'm wondering how it was signed, as in, was it signed with Panini there and then they took him? Or was it signed and he sent it to Panini? Because I'm sure a lot of people have also seen the Dale Jr. and Danica card. So there's kind of a history there that he is having not issues, but unique cards and they're getting returned to Panini where we see all these Snapchats and Instagram where people are keeping their own cards. So I think the video is actually of the break that he wanted in. Okay. Okay. So they see, you see the pack being opened and you see the card coming out of the pack and you can basically see all the scribbles match. And then there was also, I think, a picture of them fanned out on a table. The show, I think, maybe it was Erner Jr. had on his table. And then there's another picture of her or something in the lap, and you can see the marker, and it looks like, I think, her hand or whatever. Gotcha. And I remember hearing about this or seeing the picture about it, and I think there was a mention on the Panini blog about it. So there is a little bit. And they, I think they mentioned it in either the release notes or pre-sale stuff. And so people have been looking for it, and they knew it was in there. Well, you know, kudos to Panini for putting those things in there, you know, and not, yeah, and not absolutely. holding them back. Well, and, and credit to Dale Hart Jr. So this is the second one he's been involved in. And he's he, I don't want to say he's instigated. Let's see, that's probably the right, right wrong word. But he had enough uh, foresight to see that this is important. And so he wrote on it, you know, that she signed it also. Also, he wrote on there about Danica missing one. So, you know, he's been involved in, in some of these, which I think definitely helps it. Yeah, that that's a cool card. You know, I, I actually bid on it back when it was under, <laughs> when it was under a thousand dollars, I bid on it. Uh, and I could bid a couple times and, I thought, well, this this is going to go. I think that high. was after the show we talked about it, and you're like, I want to bid on it. <laughs> yes, I went click click and bid on it because you thought you believed me it was going to go for twelve hundred dollars. 
Man, I was yeah, way off. Somebody already had a proxy in on it because my I was already outbid as soon as I bid. I always like seeing this stuff when it's old, but it gets pulled like yesterday or you know whatever. Because it just goes to show you, don't leave the last box on the shelf. And just because it's old doesn't mean all the good stuff's gone. That's true. I can tell you, let me tell you a really quick story about that. You know, Last Pack Mojo, Our one of our local hobby shops had a pack of, um, it was 2001 Optima. And it sat there for weeks and weeks, just one pack. And they kept marking it down, marking it down. So I, I grabbed it and I said, I'm just going to put this pack out of its misery. So I bought it for like a dollar or something. It was nothing. I opened it up. It had a Jeff Gordon gold autograph out of 50 in it. Oh <laughs> I think it sat there for weeks and weeks and nobody did anything with it. Anybody could have had it. Anybody could have had it. You never know because... I collect unopened stuff as much as I collect cards of my players. And everybody always says, well, you don't know what's sitting in those packs. And it's like, I might never know, but I'm comfortable with that. You know, so it's just that thing of everybody knows it's gambling. Take that chance. You know, don't leave the last pack. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people have to have to open them. That's my son. He has to open everything. And he not only does he have to open everything, he has to open it up immediately. I mean, as soon as, as soon as we get in the car, I mean, he's like opening everything up. It's like, dude, you can't wait till we get home to do this. <laughs> Gosh. At least hopefully he's not driving and opening them up. No, no, no. But you know, it, but you know, Jason, I don't know about you, but I know that Val and I, we we're we we're sitting on a lot of NASCAR wax you know we're just you know just because we like it and just like it unopened i'm sure you're doing the same thing with, with your I, do, <clears throat> I do have some nascar boxes but they're the old there are a lot of max older stuff from 80s and 90s i bet you it's probably some of the next topic we're going to talk about 1991 max there's a couple there's 291s 290s and then i think in 89 or something that's a good one to have so we've talked about 1990 Max before, <clears throat> and I think they had like eight variations, and they talked about how it, that I guess people thought that they had done them on purpose. And Jason, I remember them saying in the article, and this was Max Facts, that it cost them thousands of dollars to right. make a correction, and it looks bad on the company. Well, they did not have that philosophy in 91, where they had 48 changes, not mm -hmm. eight, <laughs> go from eight to 48. And I think this is kind of where we talk about mass production over printing. And I think in NASCAR, this is either the start of it or, you know, this is the brick wall that people ran into. Right. They're, still, they're still printing 91 max. <laughs> yeah. If they were still in business, I would, I, I would say you might be right. And Logan, you mentioned it before about trying to buy wax and, and I had a dealer or, one of my local card shop, you know, owners approached me back then and asked, you know, if I wanted a case that, that I could get one. I, I chose not to, I wasn't into really NASCAR back then, but, you know, I found out later or whatever he mentioned that they were, that Max was giving terms to everybody. So basically you buy it on credit or whatever. And, and they were printing as much as people wanted. So no limit, but I grabbed a few articles from Max Facts 
and racing card collectors. And it's quite interesting when you read back, you know, over the years. Uh, there was also a deluxe set that year. So you had a factory set, deluxe set, and wax. And there's a few versions of each. And we'll talk about them. Yeah, I remember back then, you know, because the year before in 1990, that was the year that you know we we went to all of the family dollars in Little Rock. And I, I had talked about this before. You know, that's when our son was literally just like a month old and bought everything we could find. And so we decided the next year, hey, if we can get one of our hobby shops to to who is a dealer to get us a case, that's that'll just save us a lot of grief. So we did do that. I, I literally ordered that with one of our hobby shops. Like it was like soon as soon as the order form came out, I ordered it. And months went by. I mean, literally months. And the cards came out. The hysteria was over, and then finally I got my case, and guess what? I still have that case today, unopened, here. Is that a first printing or second printing? First printing. It is first printing. Wow. So the article says, 1991 Max, where's the wax? I think it's a play on where's the beef if you're old. You remember those Winnie's commercials. But anyway, once again, the racing card collectible network is mystified by the actions of Max. At the Club Max gathering in February, the 1991 Max cards were unveiled. Max had already sent out dealer order forms and had stated that all prepaid orders received by March 1st would be shipped on a first-come, first-shipped basis. Many prepaid orders have not been shipped yet. There seems to be no shortage of complete sets. Case prices of sets, 12 sets, on one of the computer networks have dropped from $450 to $240 in May. However, the prices of wax pack cases have not dropped by much because there just aren't many cases out there. Surely since February, there have been thousands of cases of wax packs shipped. We have a sneaky feeling that cases will show up and the dealers and collectors who are not happy, are not too happy now, well, as my grandmother would say, it's about to hit the fan. So <laughs> the, the mention of the deluxe set. So in the deluxe set, there was a group of acrylics. So this is where Max was way ahead of their time. So you think about 91 baseball and some of the other stuff. The 91 Max, they actually had a deluxe set, came in a box. It included the, the set, I think, and it included the update set. And then there was a, I don't know, was it a 12, 15 of the acrylics? The acrylics, I think, was a 20-card set. Yeah, so people were breaking and just selling the acrylics and getting, you know, more for the set than, more for the acrylic set than you would get for the um, deluxe set or whatever. So people were breaking those up. Yeah, and the thing was, I remember busting a lot of that wax back then. Those acrylics were, were I don't know what the odds were of finding those, but they were few and far between. You didn't get very many. I don't even think you got one a box. It may have been one every few boxes. You, they just they were just hard to get. So they were in the wax? It wasn't just yeah. included? All right, so. I got them in the wax. I, 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 I okay, so they were included remember. with the deluxe set then. I remember the first one I pulled was Davy Allison. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so this says that the 68 1991 Max race cards with mistakes, but only 48 were corrected. That's a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah, considering 
considering they expelled out in the Max Facts in 1990 that it, they didn't do these on purpose, that it cost them thousands of dollars. But well, okay. So real quick, what? How many cards were even in that set off the top of your head? Two hundred forty. Two hundred forty. So you're looking right there. That's twenty five percent, roughly. You would imagine somebody probably proofread some of this stuff, right? So it was probably fifty percent, <laughs> and then it cut down to twenty five, and they still had all these mistakes. So that's that's incredible, considering what we, what we, excuse my language, what we bitch and complain about today as a group of collectors. If that was today, Twitter would eat them alive. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a little blurb on the July 1991 uh, about the 91 update set preview. Although it won't be available until mid to late August, here's a sneak preview of the 1991 Max Race Card update set. Included in this 48 card set are 13 new driver photos, including those of Bill Elliott, Sterling Marlin, Ricky Rudd, Alan Quickie, Terry Lamonte, and Darrell Waltrip, all dressed to the colors of their 1991 sponsors. Packaged in a playing card size box pictured on the page 16 with graphics similar to that of the 91 Max binder, it will be available through both Max Mail Order, Division, and Dealer Network. The 48 card, 48 cards from the set will also replace those currently found in the Max Retail Hobby Set and Wax Packs, which will then carry a special printing two, and it's the Roman numeral two, not the number two, label for easy recognition. So they made it real easy instead of colors and other stuff that they did in 90. They just spelled it out. The Max Deluxe Mailer set will continue to consist of first printing cards only. And I believe that that uh, update set is in there as well. So Yeah, the, you, that Deluxe set had the 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 regular two hundred, the first first printing of the two hundred forty cards, the update set, and the acrylics. Yeah, so deluxe order set will continue as to consist of first printing cards only. And for a complete list of all the cards contained in this set, please see the inside Max Facts section. So it has that special printing two on it. And then also, when I was digging through the, I think it was the racing collectors, they talk about. They break in at the home of the Max Card Creator. So somebody broke into Jim McCullough's home and burglarized a $56,000 worth of Max race cards. Despite the house being totally ransacked, the only items actually stolen were cards. So I did feel, though, that said something about, I think, his son, his Michael Jordan cards got taken. Yeah, the only missing items were entire Michael Jordan card collection belonging to his his 12-year-old son at the time. Wow. <laughs> That sounds like an inside job to me. So, like, somebody knew what he had, where he lived. Uh, it, was, it was somebody he knew, for sure. At least, that, at least that's the way it smells to me. Yeah, it said investigators were able to to obtain several key pieces of evidence, evidence and are still hopeful to make an arrest. I wonder if they had ever arrested anybody on that. So, Well, I looked it up during our little pre-show, trying to find some information, and I mean, granted, we're talking years ago. Could find nothing. Um, I could find the robbery, but not anything about like an arrest or anything like that. Gotcha. And fifty-six thousand dollars worth of cards at the time. That's a lot of money for nineteen ninety-one. Maybe that's how some of the nineteen eighty-eight Max Dale Earnhardt 
cards got out. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I'm not sure, but I thought that was, uh, you know, going through the old archives. I thought I'd bring that one back up to live. So, yeah. Now we haven't really talked about how these cards look. These cards had black borders. Okay. And we all know about black borders and condition and, you know, getting them graded and that kind of thing. So, of course, you know, them having black borders just made, made condition tough. And not only that, you know, there was there were some centering issues with these cards as well back in the day. Because, uh, you know, back then, you know, still, you know, it's centering, you know, cutting the cards right every time just wasn't a thing. It's not like it is now. No, and you're definitely right. So, I guess normal you might see a white edge border around, but these are definitely the black border around all four sides, then the blue, and then like a checkerboard pattern on like the right-hand side. It almost looks like a hockey stick on the left-hand, right-hand side that goes down and around. Um, it's a mm -hmm. nice-looking card. There's some decent rookies in it. I just think they mass-produce so much. And to your point, Logan, yeah, centering is an issue, and, you know, they're all cut nice and everything else and there's a like i said the different factory sets for them with and without the printing too uh there's also a third i was gonna say a, another kind of factory set if you want to talk about that it comes with an autograph yeah uh they made a a special factory set and i've actually you know of course nobody can see it but i've got one uh it was put out or produced for jc penny and what it what it had it had a Bill Elliott autograph card in the box with a, a uh, certificate of authenticity, which is pretty cool. But of course, you know back then they were expensive. Now you can pick them up for a really good price. Yeah, I was gonna say either people don't know that they have the JC Penny set, or you know it's lumped in with the '91 with the mass production, and people don't know. But you can pick them up for a good price. I haven't looked at them lately, but it used to be like you know, ten, fifteen dollars for the whole set with yeah. the below it. So definitely, you know, if you're gonna get a set, you might want to look at picking one of those sets up. So you might be able to snag one cheap on, on eBay or or at the card show or whatever. Yeah, I mean Bill Elliott's uh NASCAR Hall of Famer and he was most popular driver for years. So yeah, it's if you can pick one up for ten, fifteen bucks, that's a heck of a deal. And one other thing that I found actually i had found it before but wanted to bring it up when we talked about the variations and stuff was that it wasn't until 1993 they actually found a variation that was undiscovered i don't know how that happens and it's only at one card it's the fans favorite driver and it's only found in the update set that's that little playing card size box and they don't know how they did it. They be in the Max. This came out of the Max Facts that in that little hockey stick, basically they have fans' favorite driver, and they changed the pronunciation where they moved the apostrophe from fan apostrophe as to fans apostrophe. So that was the corrected, but for some whatever reason, on the part of the hockey stick going up where it shows 1990, they may change it to driver. I don't know how that happens. And they also moved the Max logo from the left to the right. So the only way to find this card is to pull it from the update set. So 
Now yep. they said that has the shorter print run of the all of them, so I don't know if they made twenty two million. Then you know whatever. I'm sure say, that, that that one seems like it would be rarer to me. It would be, but I guess either a people don't know about it, b people don't care about it. They're not going after all of the variations. I think it's maybe a fun cheap set if you want to do the variations. You could do, you know, like a second printing, and then. The update set, well, that still gets you overlap. So I guess you'd have to do the first printing, the update set, and then just find that one Bill Elliott, Bill Elliott, find that one Daryl Waltrip, and you're good to go. So Yeah. That's pretty so they, cool, though. Yeah, but there probably is not a premium on that uh, update corrected or whatever variation error in the update set for Daryl Waltrip. So, but yeah, considering that this was 91 and then this came out in 93 sometime. So it took them a few years, even for them to figure it out that they had even made an error. And it was a max club member who told them about it. So wow. I just thought I'd bring it up. So uh, and that's why. Good. Sorry. So, okay. I'll go ahead. Um, on that bill, Elliot, I'm looking all over eBay for that set. There is one listed for 20 bucks, but it is a bad box. Like, plastic is ripped. It's still sealed, but plastic is ripped. There are no completed. Um, and for the one with the signature, Bill Elliott is always on the right. The one without the signature, he's always on the left. Yep. But there are none on eBay. Yeah, and Bill Elliott was exclusive to Max. He wasn't, uh, at, least for, at least he was for <clears throat> a few years anyway. That was going to be my next question. Bill Elliott. Something else that they did too, they made a 3D card that's, that came in a box, which basically um, they they cut out or made that same picture of Bill Elliott and you know pasted it on top of a card and made it look like 3D. And you hmm. could buy those from Club Max. And those were pretty cool back in the day. Yeah, so they cut part of the picture out. I'm sure they had plenty of cards laying around to make these. So <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. Uh, and so the piece of acrylic that is, um, I guess, matches his head and, and that stuff. And then so there's a card mounted on that. And then that's mounted on another card with the cutout. So it looks 3D. I believe those were Max Club, or Max Club exclusives. And there's yeah, a, I think a handful of different types. Billy was one. I know Derek Cope was one. It's actually acrylic. I just took mine out of the box. I don't think I've ever taken it out of the box. It's the card is acrylic, and then the the 3D cutout is also acrylic. And not only that, they're numbered on the back. And I never knew that either. Look at that. That's number 8371. 8371. I had no idea. I had never taken it. In all the years I've had this thing, I've never taken it out of the box till tonight in 30 years. See, look at that. We're learning stuff, and that's why everybody listens to NASCAR radio. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah, that's I got it. the, the Derek Cope. I think it's a 92 Max, yep, whatever. But yeah, it's pretty cool. They, they did Derek Cope, Bill Elliott, and somebody else. I'm trying to remember. And it also comes with a little stand. A little, I don't know if you guys can see it. There's little, little pieces where you can stand it up. Oh, wow. I never knew that either till tonight. All these years. So you're still discovering stuff about the 91 
Yeah, I'm putting it back in the box. <laughs> I'm sure you can pick those up. Those shouldn't be too much either, I think. Yeah, you can probably pick these up for five, ten bucks, I bet. They were a big deal back in the day, though. And, you know, they also, you know, before the set came out, they did like everybody else did back then. They had promo cards of Bill Elliott that you could get. And I remember going to the hobby shops and begging those people, please give me those cards. I want those cards so much. And then now they're like, no big deal. A few extra things you know, though to chase, though, if you want to work on your complete yep. master set. If you want to have a master set. J.D. McDuffie was the other one. Yeah. 92. Um, yeah. Looks like there's a Pete Hamilton. 92. I'm just checking on eBay real quick. So, yeah, they're, they're about, well, there's one there for 250 but I don't know if they're come in the box with a stand or whatever, but the Bobby Hamilton, they want, I guess, $25. So some of them, I guess, will be more rare than others because I don't know what the print runs were, but you would imagine the more popular drivers would sell better than the other ones. And I think the J.D. McDuffie was um, they were giving part of the sales to the family because he had uh, passed away. Yeah, and Robbie Loomis, who was Jeff Gordon's crew chief during his last championship, uh, his rookie card is in this set as well. Now, I do remember that the Bobby Labani has a rookie in there, and he's also in the update set, so they made a change to him as well. I can't remember if I got one or both signed when he was going into the Hall of Fame. And then Jeff Burton is another rookie. And Ward, Ward Button. Ward. Now, I still <laughs> don't know the story, but... You know, Jeff Gordon is absent in the 91 Max, but he is in the 91 Tracks. So I'll have to do some more digging and try to figure out, I don't know if he was an exclusive or they just didn't didn't sign him. I don't think he was exclusive. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was kind of a known commodity because of being on Thursday Night Thunder on ESPN and winning all those sprint car races. And um, that's, I think that's kind of how Rick, Hendrick found him, but he wasn't, I mean, he didn't win his first race until, uh, what, 1990, what was it, 94, the, the, uh, for the Coke, Coke the Coke, Coke 600. Yeah. I guess I was thinking about in the bush when he was running that, uh, which is now X Xfinity, what his first win was, but, um, and that's one thing about racing and, you know, not every year is a bumper crop of rookies like the other sports. And I think that's one of those things where that's maybe that hurts NASCAR trading cards that you don't have that constant feeding of going after those rookies. It's a different type of collector. Cause if you go in after rookies baseball, you know, there's, a, there's a ton of rookies. Yeah. Every year, you know, football, the same way, basketball, hockey, there's rookies, but I don't think they have the, as much of an impact on the you know, racing. So, and with them missing, I think the Jeff Gordon, there's not a lot of desire, I guess, to go back and you know collect that set. And then also price wise, with the mass printing, you can pick them up cheap, as we've already talked about tonight. That I think this was this kind of hurt Max with the mass printing and with the Max Collectors Club. You know, they were selling them all, but I think. And people are clamoring for him, like you know. But the, the shine will wear off here 
you know, in the next year or two for Max, not having any really big rookies in any of these releases coming up. Yeah, they really missed the boat on Jeff Gordon. And I, like I said, I would love to know the backstory on that. Um, you know, it'd be nice to, to to be able to actually talk to Jim McCullough. But I think he lives out in like Utah now, doesn't he? Somewhere like out there. He doesn't even live in the Charlotte area like he, he did back in the 80s and 90s. Last time I, you know, was looking for an autograph or sending one through the mail, he was a sportscaster for one of the college teams, I think out in Utah. And then since COVID, I think he's gone into, say, retirement and then also either teaching sportscasting or some kind of thing like that, since that's, you know, what he did before Max. Actually, yeah, I just I pulled up. It looks like he's doing public speaking. Okay. Oh. And that's actually, right. sorry, sorry, I'm, I know I cut you off twice now. I'm glad I looked. There was a question I wanted to ask. In his like two sentence, well, one long sentence biography, it says, worked at five TV stations, started the first NASCAR trading card company. Would you agree That's, with that? Definitely. Yep. So even though he's got the first company, but there were sets and stuff before, so Max was the first company, even though there were sets from like the STP and stuff like that, but Max was the first company. Yeah, I think their primary goal was to sell trading cards, okay. where the other ones were promotional items, small, you know, and it was like a one-off, so STP one-off. Then, so that's 72, 83, Uno, and then 85, 86, Sports Star Photographics, Ray Mann is trying to do the placemats and some other stuff. Okay. He didn't uh, go into the cards, and it wasn't until Jim McCullough you know, putting those factory sets together on his kitchen table and then, you know, doing the wax packs down at Sheer Press on Myrtle Beach. And then, you know, so 88, 89, 90, you know, he started putting them out every year. So okay. I would, that's why I kind of classify it. Yep, I would agree. Yeah, I, I tried to contact him through his website. I said, you know, he had to contact me and I, you know, wanted to contact him and say, hey, you know, could I send you some cards for to get autographed? And I never heard back from him. I don't know if he, he's trying to distance himself from this or, right. you know, I, I don't know. I, I would love to be able to sit down and talk with him, you know, get 30 minutes of his time and, and come up with some really good questions, you know, like, like the Jeff Gordon uh, in the Dale Earnhardt, 88 Max Dale Earnhardt, you know, find out more backstory about some of those things. Right. Yeah, I don't know if he'd be the one to talk to or if there's somebody else that still remembers. I mean, this is – it's been 30-something years now. It's hard to believe. Yeah, it is. Uh, so just looking here, uh, just wrapping up here, that as we mentioned earlier in this article here, Max Dealers will also have the opportunity to sell the 1991 update set along with the hobby sets and wax packs. The cost of the update set will be $10 from Max, uh, Max Mail Order, with Max Dealers free to set their own prices. So those little forty-eight card update sets were ten bucks, or that's what they the same price retail. <laughs> that's with yeah. shipping, probably. Because I saw them. You actually one of the things if you're really really eager or whatever is that you can buy a box of update sets, and sometimes people will because it's shrink wrap don't understand that it's, it's like sixteen. Or is it more yeah, yeah, yeah. sets? I think I think I saw them. So I actually ended up buying one of those. When I opened it up, I was like, whoa, that's a lot of update sets. 
<laughs> so it's been okay. Uh, you know, pull him out, get Bobby Labonte to sign him. They also did the same thing in 1992, but that's a much smaller set. And then the really hard one to get is the 1995 uh, premiere. That's like a 15 card set. And actually in the max facts, they talked about it. They were taking orders. If they didn't get enough orders, they weren't going to get it printed, but apparently they did. And that one's tough to find. So we'll talk about that when we get to 95 max premium. So I think we, did we hit everything with the max? I do believe so. All right. I think, uh, I don't know if anybody has anything else or we'll wrap it up for tonight. Nope. I'm good. Nope. Looking forward to Bristol this weekend. I'm hoping Kyle Bush will tear him up. We'll see if one of the Bush, Bush brothers wins. Yep. Well, thanks everybody for listening to NASCAR radio. Uh, don't forget that we have shows in the archive. If you're interested in some of the other sets that we've talked about, like the 1972 STP set, that is show number 29 or the 1983 Uno, that is show 31. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to the 88 Max, that's show 38 and 39. The 1988 Max Earnhardt promo, show 42, or the 89 Max, show number 48, or 1990 Max, show 51. So, But again, thanks for listening to NASCAR Radio. Please share and like the podcast. Share NASCAR trading cards with your friends. And for me and the guys, we will talk to you next week.